Tom Arjoba from the Metroplex. This is the Rorschach Georgia update from the 13th of July, 2023. Quick summary of what's going down in Georgia. Start this week with some NATO stuff. On Tuesday, the 11th, the NATO summit in Vilnius, heads of state of governments issued a communique that focused on the primary challenges facing the alliance regarding Georgia. The communique reaffirmed the Allies' commitment to the 2008 Bucharest summit decision, which states that Georgia would become an alliance member when it completes the membership action plan or MAP. Unlike Ukraine, which received a membership prospect without a membership action plan, the action plan is a set of conditions the country must fulfill in order to become a member of NATO. On that note, Georgia Dream, or Otsneba chairman Irakli Kobachidze, explained the difference between Ukraine and Georgia's NATO ascension. He said, and I quote, Ukraine is in a state of war. Georgia is not. Therefore, a different approach is completely natural, end quote, sort of. He continued with the usual BS, saying that some foreign Forces demand Georgia join the war against Russia to get NATO membership. This is, of course, untrue. He nevertheless portrayed valiant Otsneba resisting the Western pressure. Biggest news out of Vilnius is that Turkey agreed for Sweden to join NATO immediately. Speaking of Russia, on Thursday the 6th, according to Echo Kavkaza, the Federal Air Transport Agency of Russia called Rosaviatsia, granted permission for 284 weekly flights between cities in Russia and Georgia. The agency issued the majority of permits to Russia's Red Wing Airline, which plans to use all three airports in Georgia, Tbilisi, Kutaisi, and Batumi. However, the government of Georgia has not yet given permission for the new flights, or at least not publicly announced that they have. Currently, Azimuth and Georgian Airways, one Russian and one Georgian airline company, operate the flights. On Monday the 10th, however, the Red Wing Airlines, which was on the U.S. sanctions list, was going to make its first flight to Kutaisi International Airport, without Georgian government permission. However, Georgian airline authorities canceled the flight, allegedly due to heavy rain, which had flooded the Kutaisi airport. Moving on to some financial scandals related to Ivanishvili, on Friday the 7th, prosecutors charged Georgi Bachiashvili, former executive at Bidzina Ivanishvili's co-investment fund, with embezzlement and money laundering. He allegedly stole over eight thousand bitcoin in 2017 worth about 40 million u.s dollars at the time now worth 200 million u.s dollars tbilisi city court ordered him to pay a bail of 2.5 million lati or 900,000 u.s dollars forbade him to leave the country until the investigation is completed and ordered him to hand over his georgian and russian passport to the investigative agency the opposition stated that the case revealed ivanishvili was behind the cryptocurrency business in georgia which proves Ivanishvili's business interests in the country, contrary to Otsneva's claims. For those who don't know, Bidzina has for years been minting Bitcoin using very heavily subsidized electricity. Moreover, the prosecutors launched an investigation into Bachiashvili because he could have laundered money with Mtukvadi Hesi, a $100 million U.S. dollar hydropower plant project in Akhaltsikhe. More court decisions on Friday the 7th, the Tbilisi City Court delivered a verdict on the case of Megi Bakhradze, a nurse at the Akhaltsikhe Imedi Clinic who allegedly died due to an anaphylactic reaction to a COVID-19 vaccine. Recall that 30 minutes after Bakhradze received the vaccine, she lost consciousness and was transported to the first university clinic in Tbilisi. The doctor that received her said she was already in the third stage coma and she passed away the next day. Bakhradze had an extremely rare reaction to the vaccine, which was completely random. Because this tragedy was televised, it caused problems with Georgia's uptake of the vaccinations. The court found all three medical staff of the clinic guilty of providing false information with personal motivations. The court sentenced two of the defendants to three years and one to two years and six months in prison. Prosecutor's office reported the arrest of the two defendants in the courtroom 
and issued a search for the remaining defendant. Throughout the interrogation process, the defendants asserted that Violeta Insaridze, the immunization doctor, had administered adrenaline to Meggy Bakradze after her health deteriorated. However, the investigation found that the defendant did not provide an adrenaline injection to the victim and was sentenced to three years in prison. Speaking of doctors, nurses, and other medical staff, on Friday the 7th, the Ministry of Health introduced, introduced a new package of changes which involved the establishment of a mandatory minimum salary for nurses, nurses assistants, and junior doctors. The Ministry of Health representatives introduced a new initiative during a meeting with clinic leaders. Well, the reform aims to enhance employee motivation and productivity and improve the working conditions and quality of medical services. First stage of the mandatory minimum hourly wage reform for medical personnel came into force on January 2023. The minimum wage for doctors was set at seven lottie, about three U.S. dollars per hour, at least 1,260 Georgian lottie per month, around 480 U.S. dollars, and for nurses, 4.4 lottie, two dollars per hour, at least 792 lottie per month, about 300 U.S. dollars. And more healthcare stuff on Monday the 12th, Zura Azarashvili, Minister of Health, announced that Georgia's Ministry of Health will partner with medical institutions in Israel, Spain, and Turkey to offer high-quality cancer treatment to 300 children in Georgia. Program costing 30 million lati annually, around 12 million U.S. dollars, will provide access to modern, internationally accredited healthcare facilities offering full service, including proton therapy, radiation therapy that uses protons rather than X-rays. He said parents can select a clinic where a child will receive treatment, and Georgia will cover the cost. The proposed costs in Turkey and Spain include one companion for the patient. For facilities in Israel where treatments are more expensive, the Solidarity Fund established in 2014 by Prime Minister Adakli Harbashvili to encourage donations for treatment for children with cancer will cover the remaining costs. Now, let's talk about fascist and anti-Pride Week stuff. On Saturday the 8th, an anti-LGBTQ plus group stormed the Pride Festival, an open-air private event organized at Lisi Lake. Despite police arresting several instigators, unable to catch the event participants, they destroyed the stage and stage equipment built for the Pride Festival, burned part of the equipment, stole lots of drinks from nearby shops. After the violent attack at the Pride Festival events, Tbilisi Pride organized release statements accusing the Ministry of Interior and pro-Russian fascist movement called Alt-Info of colluding to harm rights and democracy. President Salome Zurabashvili, the public defender, politicians, and the diplomatic corps condemned the violence and stressed the importance of constitutionally granted freedom of expression. Let's move over to regional news. On Monday the 10th, Transparency International Georgia watchdog organization published a study examining the delayed large-scale infrastructure projects of Georgia's Ajata region, like the Batumi Bypass Road, the Batumi Ice Rink and Swimming Pool, Green City and Kobuleti Logistics Service Centers and Ajata Municipalities, among others. Study found that the completion dates for these projects remain uncertain. The organization has urged the government of Ajata and the Department of Roads of Georgia to promptly take action to complete the delayed projects. Furthermore, the watchdog has advised the anti-corruption agency of the state security service to investigate the legality of constructing the logistic service centers and the expenses incurred. We'll end this week's episode on Georgia's private education on Friday the 7th, according to research carried out by Galton Taggart. Private school enrollment accounted for a little over 10% in 2022 and 3, and is anticipated to increase to over 11% 2027 to 8. The research reveals that private schools generate an average income of 4.5 thousand lati, which is about 1.7 thousand U.S. dollars per student 2022, up from 3,200 lati 
or around $1,300 U.S. dollars in 2015. Furthermore, the study highlighted that the top 15 private schools experienced high profitability margins even during the pandemic, specifically in 2021, the earnings before interest, tax depreciation, and amortization, or EBITDA margins, a metric used to evaluate the company's operating performance, was 25%, and the net profit margin was 23%. Note that Galton Taggart, with its Atlas Shrugged name, started by Liberty Bank's founder, Lada Gurgenidze, is very pro-private school in general, and also note that private schools are very modestly regulated and not at all transparent in Georgia. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. In case you couldn't listen to our previous update, we have two new shows. These are the Rorschach Multilateral Update, covering the world's major multilateral institutions, and the Oceans Update, which is about the 70% of the Earth's surface covered in salt water. Intrigued? Listen to them in your podcast, in your favorite podcast app. Check out the rest of our country updates to see what's going on in the rest of the world. Nachvamdis. Nachvamdis.